When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Caitlin? No, she's not going to talk. Strong, silent type. <laughs> yeah, just... And I'm Shira. I'm joining you guys for this po- for this episode. We were going to introduce you, but you can take the reins <laughs> if you'd like. Shira's our replacement, Caitlin, today. Yeah, sorry. Bye, Caitlin. Yeah. You snooze, you lose. Yeah, enjoy sitting there in silence. She had such an opportunity. Yeah. I threw to you. You yeah. said pretty scary boo, and then Caitlin could have talked, and now, yeah. nope, you missed, you missed out. <laughs> can you give me a pretty scary boo, Shira? I'll do my best. Boo. <sighs> nope. No. No. <laughs> I guess that's not it. Yeah, that wasn't it at all. It's fine. All we'll, right. We'll get Caitlin back someday. Uh, Carrie, yes. introduce our guest. So this is Shira Weiss, and she is one of my friends from New York. She is a writer who does a lot of um, – Shira's got the scoop. You can follow her, I guess, on Facebook, and I'm going to let you – I guess, yeah. uh, market I'll, yourself. I'll... When I met Shira, it was years ago. Uh, her sister was a fan of White Wine True Crime. She had reached out to Caitlin and I said, could I do an interview with you guys for the Huffington Post? And uh, her and I stayed in touch. And she still writes yes. a lot. And she does. You've done a little bit of true crime. A lot of yours is like reality TV, et cetera. Yeah, but I feel like you know reality TV can sometimes be scarier than true crime and, and really like yeah. freaks me out. So um, I, I actually find true crime to be a safer subject to write about. Less people yell at me. Um, more people are interested. Um, and for the Huffington Post, yes, I wrote a lot about true crime. Um, I delved into several cases. I wrote about Maura Murray's disappearance. Um, and I, you know, I'm fascinated by a lot of these, a, a lot of true crime cases and cold cases. So I'm still following up on a lot of those for my for my new venture, Shira's Got the Scoop. So one of uh, the cases that we were talking about offline was a Casey Kasem death. And they had just uh, had it on 48 Hours. And so I had noticed you had put something on Facebook about how you wrote an article for it. And I know Juicy Scoop also just did an episode where I believe Heather McDonald interviewed Gene Kasem. And I thought that no, she was... interviewed Julie Kasem, which is um, oh, the, daughter. the daughter. Oh, Jean Kasem is the was the like uh, eccentric, we'll say for now, the eccentric woman who married um, Casey Kasem, the second wife. Um, so she interviewed Julie Kasem, and um, it was a actually he, it was very interesting to watch the forty eight hours and get one perspective, and then get like oh, the complete opposite. Yeah, the complete opposite perspective. Um, from the daughter um, I on Heather's podcast. I didn't know there was any weirdness around the death of Casey Kasem <laughs> until I was. I was. Are you serious? 
Yeah, I was working one day uh, a few weeks ago when we first talked about doing this episode, and I had the TV on in the background, and that 48 Hours episode came up, and that was literally the first I had heard of any of this. I had heard yeah. about it before, but I didn't know much about it. Why they're doing it now, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but it was interesting even just trying to research some of the notes. And so Casey Kasem, and we'll, um, again, we've got notes where I kind of document some of this. He was married mm-hmm. to the children's mother for, I believe, seven years. He was married to Jean for 30 years. So it's like, was she always crazy and he was into that? Or did she get crazier as she got older? I'm not really sure. Um, so... I'm going to go ahead and start reading through the notes. If you have anything to like throw in, just jump in. Yeah, for sure. One thing I will say is that, um, yeah, he did remarry. I mean, Gene is the one he, re- he remarried. Um, there were some indications like early on, uh, as documented by the daughters, that she was odd. She was an odd stepmother. She would make a big deal about the, the you know, the, the child support the ex-wife was getting. And she, she did some strange things where she would like complain that the kids dragged in mud on their shoes. Some these are things that I found out when I listened to Heather's, you know, podcast and the, the interview with Julie. So there were some odd things. There were some tip-offs that she was a, just an I don't odd think muddy shoes is weird. You don't think what? No, is weird? muddy shoes, like to be upset about muddy shoes. No, she like she made a big deal and called the mother and said like your kids, you know, I, I, parent okay, fine. You're well you're not a mom, you know, maybe I would just not make a big deal. No, I don't mean in a mean way. No, I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean, like, (laughs) if someone called me to say, your kids, like someone, if if someone who was married to my ex-husband called me to say, your kids came in and they made mud on their shoes and like was carrying on, I would be like, fuck you. Yeah, I I agree with that. So um, she was just like, what I mean is like, she was just like a, a, an oddball and she did some really strange things over the years and didn't invite people to to birthday parties so there were some tip-offs and those are the things that we didn't hear on the 48 hours episode um we really heard a lot of gene's side it is interesting too to think and i do believe obviously casey loved his children he seemed like a nice guy he did a lot of charity work but if your wife's kind of alienating you from your children are you in the middle or Right? Yeah. Like, does that not seem weird? Like, why wouldn't you take your children's side? Yeah. Are you in- as a child of divorce? I mean, I definitely feel like I've dealt with something similar where I feel like, okay, like you've got to to decide: is it her or is it me? And yeah. you would always choose her. And I was like, well, that sucks. And I I don't know anything about his kids, but I know that the dynamic changes when your kids when you're all adults. It's a little different, right? Because your kids might grow up into legitimate pieces of shit. And you being separated from them might not be the worst thing. Sometimes people are vampires. But I don't really know. I don't know enough about this to know what his kids are. Their kids are all fine. They're all productive and they all have uh, jobs. Oh, well, then fuck her. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, if it's it's just a normal relationship and she's getting in the middle of it, that's trash. Well, you know, the 48 hours seem to be very much like telling her side of the story and saying like the kids moved Casey around so much from facility like that's how they presented it and i was getting angry with the kids when i watched the 48 hour thing because it sounded like because they were fighting with gene so much they jeopardized casey's health and he was moved around too much and that expedited his death and his you know decline in health so when i watched it you know the way it was presented on the 48 hours i was mad at the kids but then when i heard julie's interview and about how manipulative and crazy 
Gene was. And apparently Gene, um, you know, I don't want to throw out these allegations, but Julie said Gene was like, you know, already like having an affair with someone while Casey was dying. You know, Gene doesn't sound like a prize. And it sounds like Gene, um, you know, what made a lot of like decisions about where he was going to go. And she, she had the power of attorney basically, but the kids at one point wanted the power of attorney signed over to them. And it was just a tug. Like, I feel like they're, they're both to blame to some extent because there was so much tug of war and he went from facility to facility and back and forth. And it could not have been good for his declining health. Yeah. She, She's more of the oddball to me. And the first indication was those weird glasses she wore in 48 hours, I have to say. Well, there's a lot of weird things that happen <laughs> in 48 hours. And most documentaries or whatever you watch is going to tend to be slighted towards one side or the other. So I'm just going to kind of go through some of the background of both Gene and then Casey. Does that work for you, Adam? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, cool. So I'm starting with with Gene. So Gene uh, Kasem, for those who don't know, was known for playing the recurring role of Loretta Tortelli, the dim-witted wife of Nick Tortelli on Cheers. And as a cast oh my member God, on the short totally list, remember off of now. the Tortellis. Yeah, I had to Google that. Yeah. I, did, I did not remember this character from Cheers. Really? I do. Yeah. When you saw I her totally... picture, did you remember? Yeah. Once I saw the picture, I remembered. I totally remember that ditzy character. And now that you, you know what? It's funny. I, I blocked that part out of my head. But now that you mention, oh, my God, yes. she And she is, she does have that personality. Like on the 48-hour podcast, she was just wearing these odd glasses. And I'm like, something's off. So- well, talking about something <laughs> off. Uh, so it's a little tidbit that, and a lot of my notes came from either Wikipedia or people. Uh, mm-hmm. But it said that she owned 12 patents. What do you think those patents are for, Adam? Uh, Tortelli's Tortellini. It's, uh, it's, uh, stuffed with mm-hmm. your husband's fortune. Yep. Uh, close. No. Uh, <laughs> she holds 12 patents all pertaining to crib and canopy design developed for her crib business, Little Miss Liberty Round Crib Company. Do cribs and oh, Liberty... That makes sense. Do cribs and Liberty go together? Isn't a crib meant to contain you? Well, you'll find... Well... Okay. There's lots of foreshadowing here, but you also find out that- She named that, her daughter Liberty. Yeah, her so. daughter's name is Liberty. Oh, okay. And again, I don't know I still why. Don't, I still don't like it as a business and name. And I feel like- Too personal. Because his children's names are so very basic uh, yeah. that Liberty, obviously, she picked along with those poor choice of glasses. So Jean Kaysen was born Jean Thompson <laughs> in 1955. I'm stuck on the glasses. And is of Norwegian descent- uh, that will come in handy later. That is called Foreshadowing Adam. Never heard of it. It is like I am dropping a hint about something that will come out in the future. I still don't understand. Okay, you're going to. She lived in New Hampshire, which is a state that I personally keep forgetting about, until her father moved the family to Guam, where she attended college at 16. So I don't know if they just speedy through or you just get like grades taken out. 16 is pretty early for college. 16 is pretty early, but grade school and high school might work different. Like elementary school, especially in a lot of countries, works different. You don't have to go as many years. There is a guy that I work with yeah. that can barely function. He's fr- from uh, a different country. Uh, and he has like three. I like where this tangent's going. <laughs> keep, keep on. And he has like three doctorates over there. <laughs> And yet, like when Every I talk to him about anything, it's something's wrong with him. And <laughs> it's just even like basic things he can barely comprehend or figure out. And I don't want to say he has a disability, possibly. But again, I just think like, wow, this guy got three doctorates in his country. 
Anywho, uh, by 17, <laughs> she was married to a U.S. Navy lieutenant and worked as a waitress and salesperson throughout the South Pacific to, to whatever port her husband was stationed in. Uh, marriage lasted six years, which is funny that I say only as I am always single. And then she moved back to the States to try her hand in broadcast journalism. When that didn't pan out, she enrolled in an acting workshop. And at that point, uh, she got into acting and crossed paths and got casemed. Casemed. Mm-hmm. It's a verb. <laughs> Casey Kasem stats. He was born April 27th, 1932 in D-Town. Do you know what D-Town, Michigan is? Is that Detroit? Dicktown. <laughs> As Joe Smith. JK, Detroit. JK. His name was Kamal Amin Kasem. Uh, he was obviously buried in Oslo, Norway. I'm supposed to look meaningfully at you. Okay. Do you know why? <laughs> why was he mar- buried in Norway? Os- Oslo? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. So the parallel. So I know. In the, yeah. Well, in the forty-eight hour um, that uh, Sheer and I keep bringing up, it alludes to no one really knows. And even when they interview her, Jean, the wife, she's like, "Well, I have my reasons." Well, she's of Norwegian dispa- uh, descent. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that, but I knew that she wanted to get away from the kids. Like she just didn't want the kids to have any control. So first, she said that like that Casey wanted to be buried in Jerusalem. My, you know, my holy land. I'm a Jewish person. I don't understand the whole thing, but apparently he, that that was her um, claim. And the kids were like, "This is the first we've heard of it." And then after saying that he was going to be buried in Jerusalem, she went to Oslo, Norway. So she was just trying to get away from the kids. And but you could have went anywhere. Control like his body once it was dead took like a crazy world tour. Like he had yeah. more stamps in his passport dead than I do alive. But yeah. they, I think and they ended up in Norway clearly... because she's Norwegian. So uh, okay, I thought it was just clearly to just have complete control. It's both, and yeah, and they it's they both, showed... and there could be something with Norway, and maybe at that point, if it's there, like they can't get him back to the states. I'm not really sure how that works. Yeah, once you bury a body. Yeah, it is sad because it's like here's this legend that everybody knew. In the right. U.S., and typically they'll have this big fanfare and this big service and this big funeral to be televised. And here he is all alone in Norway. And they even showed at the end of, you know, it was only uh, Jean and her daughter that knows where he's even buried at that can visit him. It just seemed like a really sad and lonely end, even though I'm assuming he isn't aware of it. But Yeah. Like, at that point, no matter how bad the kids are, that's a little petty. It's yeah. very petty. He's so petty right. after he's dead. I mean, like, let him let his burial be where people can visit. Anyone can visit him. Right. I mean, I guess they don't want to. They probably just don't want awkward run-ins at the uh, burial site. Did Casey Kasem bury yeah. him on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or something. He is America's sweetheart. He yeah. is American Pie. Which okay, so going back, so he's not. I don't want to say American, but <laughs> no, he was his born parents in, aren't. No, he yeah, his, oh, he, he is, he but his parents America. aren't. Uh, but his parents didn't allow their children to speak Arabic and insisted they assimilate into American lifestyle, which is very interesting because most people from third world countries, etc., or from outside countries, even though they move to America for like the American dream, I think a lot of them are like, no, we're still going to be very traditional, right. Well, he was definitely very American. I mean, you know, he had an American accent. I think he was just like he was born and raised here. His kid said something about he's an American. Like, like it just made no sense the burial um, site. And you know, I, I, I'm you know we know we know his voice from the many years that he did the Ameri- the top 
uh, top 20, top 40 countdown. So he did the American Top 40 from 1970 until his retirement in 2009, 39 years. Also, he wow. voiced uh, Shaggy right. in right. Scooby-Doo. The guy who sang It Wasn't Me and Boombastic. Yes, Mr. <laughs> Fantastic. Actually, it Wasn't Me. Shaggy. We did it on I the love counter. that song, by the way. <laughs> she caught me in the bathroom. People don't know that was Casey Kasem. We Amazing. On the tile. <laughs> That is one of the best songs, and I'm really ashamed to say, like, just knowing who I am, like, that is, like, one of my favorite songs. It doesn't anyway, ex- exactly on. say how they met, but she did voice a character in Scooby-Doo, so I don't know if she that's did? how they met. Gene Kasem? hmm Was it, like, a one-off thing, or was it... It might have been a one-off. Oh, okay. It was one of her acting credits that. where they okay, said well, she they did met voiceover work. she was a secretary at um, the studio's... I don't know if it was MGM studio. I'm not sure where it was, but she was a secretary and he was like, oh, um, I think this is before she was on Cheers or whatever show she was. Yeah, she was on Cheers, right? So um, he saw her and it was one of those like, she looked like Marilyn Monroe, I guess, to him. Um, And he asked her out and that's how it, that's how they met initially. I wish sometimes that I had the confidence of a tiny five, six man from another country. (laughs) Or Casey Kasem. <laughs> okay. A.K.A. Casey Kasem. Uh, in the 40s, uh, the make-believe ballroom, which I have never heard of, reportedly inspired Kasem to follow a career in radio and later hosted National Radio Hits Countdown Show. At 52, Kasem was drafted into the U.S. Army and was sent to Korea. I kind of feel like this next sentence is bullshit. There, he worked as a DJ announcer on the Armed Forces Radio Korea Network. Oh, I totally believe that. Yeah, I mean, why that's don't what you believe most that? No, I'm not for. saying it. I'm saying it's bullshit. Like, when you hear Drafted. Oh, that it's he like, oh, to... he was on the front lines. But, but no, he's just a DJ. They need entertainment. Like, troops need entertainment like That's anyone else. Good Morning Vietnam shit. Yeah. That movie got nominated for an Oscar. Didn't it win? Good Good Morning Vietnam? I don't know. I think That's... it did. Yeah. I think it won. Probably. So take it back, Carrie. Nope. Support the troops. I do support <laughs> the troops. Jeez. Uh, it, makes I... as, it makes as much sense as my dad being um, a DJ for the NYU radio station when he was in college. I mean, it, it to me, it resonates. Well, it sounds like, weird to say he, he was drafted he... into, into the war. <laughs> Did your dad then, go by on, the way, a, he was a DJ. on a DJ scholarship? That yeah, would be amazing. <laughs> he, was on, he was on a full scholarship to NYU. This kid's but, um... good at playing records. We got to get him to this school. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Somehow he got very into like the DJ stuff when he was there. So Kasem was a devout vegan, supported animal rights and environmental causes, and was a critic of factory farming. He initially quit voicing Shaggy in the late 90s when asked to voice Shaggy in a Burger King commercial. But he returned in 2002 after negotiating to have Shaggy become a vegetarian. Okay. No wonder he was so skinny. Oh, 100%. They can't eat anything. That's some Morrissey shit right there. Shaggy was a little emo, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well... A lot of emo. Morrissey is like a militant. He's a Shiite vegetarian. What does that mean? <laughs> he's very, very strict about it. Uh, like militantly strict about vegetarianism. Morrissey is. Never mind. It was just a joke. It was just a riff, Carrie. <laughs> we can carry on. We can I carry, feel like if we can carry was here on. And not being silent, she would have picked up on that. Possibly. That's where I fail and she shines. Uh, I feel very jealous because I know that she fills a void that I'm that I, you know, I just don't know all the inside jokes. But, you know, I'm I'm learning. I'm, You're a quick I'm, study. I'm, You're doing yeah, great. You're doing great. Okay. That would be something Caitlin would say. God, See? it's almost like she's here. Right. Exactly. Uh, Kasem was active in politics for a year, supporting Lebanese, American, and Arab-American causes. He campaigned against the Gulf War, 
advocating non-military means of pressuring Saddam Hussein into withdrawing from Kuwait. Again, so he did all of this charity work and he was a vegan. Right. But you hate your kids. Right? <laughs> like you're, you're. Yeah. You're yeah, it's, the, it's the pussy weird. That, over the kids. It's a strange kids. time to be a vegan also. I feel like he was a vegan ahead of his time, you know? Yeah. That's- yeah, he was on the front lines of that. Like him and Paul McCartney. Yeah. Paul McCartney's been on that for a long time. The difference is? Uh, Paul McCartney's not dead? Yes. Okay. <laughs> exactly. See, we don't need Caitlin. Caitlin who? <laughs> uh, his illness and death. Uh, in October 2013, Carrie Kasem, no relation. <laughs> <laughs> Said her father was suffering from Parkinson's disease, which a doctor had diagnosed in 2007. Uh, a few months later, she said she, he was diagnosed with Lou body dementia. Louis body dementia. I actually think yeah, it's, which I think is like a cousin. It's like a first cousin right. of Parkinson's disease. Yeah, they say it's difficult to differentiate. So I don't know what the difference is, uh, but it left him unable to speak for his final month, which is sad. Uh, yeah. Like, what do, do you just... Well, apparently he was recording. It was really sad because he was recording and he was like really pushing himself. And he was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't talk. That's what um, Julie said in the interview. And they were like, Dad, you know, you know, like you just have to stop. Like you can't push yourself anymore. And so it was a I mean, it's a degenerative thing. And he just was realizing like, this is my, you know, this is my livelihood. This is the thing I want to do until I die. But he, you know, he had to stop because he just couldn't speak anymore. That's so sad. Because he, like, I mean, he, he lived a good life. He, he, he did. lived to be a decent age, but he clearly loved that job. Yeah. And for good reason. Yeah. That's, like, the best fucking job right. you could possibly have. And, like, I could picture him being like, man, I'm going to do this till I'm, like, 90. And just, like, having it, j- you just wear out. Did he ever of. do the New Year's Eve ball, the drop? I don't think so. See, that's who I'm thinking. Like I'm he thinking, should like, have if I he think did he it. did. Uh, by the way, I think he did. I feel like I remember something. I've been around longer than you both have, so I feel like I remember something. <laughs> by, like two years, by two years, by two years, correct. He did it. Two years, seventy-five <laughs> before our time. Yeah, I mean, seventy. A lot happened. I'm sorry. In se- between seventy-four and whenever you guys were born, in, uh, in the younger there generation, there was a presidential assassination attempt. Sure. My mother was happened. watching the Watergate hearings as she was in labor with me. Huh. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's a choice, if you will. Exactly. It's interesting. What to would think you have been watching? <laughs> that our younger generation is going to look at Ryan Seacrest the way we yeah. do about Casey Kasem. Yeah, I don't think so. Why, don't why think? did I just feel like they look at him as like a beloved straight arrow DJ that like, ever, they've heard have forever. Have you ever listened to Ryan Seacrest on his radio show? He's Ryan's like, Roses? Fuck, yes, I have. He's a fucking sleazeball. What? He's not known for being a sleazeball. Ryan dated, Seacrest? Yes, he is. He, is. No, he, he dated Julianne Huff from Harry, Dancing with the Stars. You missed the whole chapter where he was accused of, um, he was like, meet, he had a whole not my Ryan. Thing. Not my Ryan. I was, Sorry, we have a bad connection. We have to let you go. We'll talk about <laughs> <the> it. <time. laughs> when uh, I lived in Burbank at one point and was commuting to Cracked, I remember I was in an Uber once and the Uber driver was listening to a radio show and the host was being really, really creepy with this like 19 year old pop star who was on and not like a huge name pop star, just like Ariana a, Grande a pop singer. No, like right. <laughs> way, way sub Ariana Grande. Okay. And I was like, who is this fucking sleazy bastard? And then they cut to commercial and he's like, 
Ryan Seacrest will be right back. You know what, though? I feel like he's socially awkward, and he was probably trying to be cute and flirty, but it came off creepy. I think he doesn't have a lot of social skills. I, I, think, you're, I think you're really romanticizing Ryan Seacrest He was right a now. fat kid growing yeah. up, and fat kids growing up have problems when they become an attractive adult. They can't acclimate into the wild like right other now. people. Yeah. Be this, quiet, Shira. Yeah, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, I'm with Shira. some clear bias. I don't know. <laughs> And I feel like I feel like she is my Aphrodite Jones. Hey, how about next episode? (laughs) Caitlin Shira, me. (laughs) I've been replaced. Did did you not? First of all, so I mean, Casey Kasem had a very clean, like clean, good reputation, all American. And there was that whole. I mean, I I don't want to get into this too deeply, but there was that whole thing where Ryan Seacrest was accused by his assistant of like sexual harassment. I don't know. Well, who was the girl that now she's a DJ for one of three point five? Ellen Kay. I don't know if that's the one he's he sexually harassed. I guess I should do more research. I do enjoy Ryan's roses. He has a new sidekick (laughs) now. Who is a girl? Um, Yeah, I only know about him uh, dating Julian Huff, but I will. And they dated for a number of years. And I feel like she's very apple pie and good. but he used to be roommates with uh, Mario Lopez. Oh, okay. oh, so you know he's all right then. <laughs> Actually, I've heard really <laughs> awful things about AC Slater. <laughs> I've had friends who've dated him, and allegedly he might have things that don't go away. Um, I just want to say I don't think we can compare Casey, Casey, and <laughs> so, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really, just had to interject here. I don't know. It's I also like different generations. <laughs> like Casey Kasem was around before everybody was getting in trouble. So he had like, so he yeah. don't you in case you get a coffin, you know? <laughs> yeah. I hope no stories come out now because, you know, he has enough service in his life. So let's let's leave it as is for Casey Kasem. Yeah. As Kasem's health worsened in 2013, wife Jean prevented any contact with her husband to his children, particularly by his children, by his first marriage. On October 1st, and the, this is what I'm saying. Their names are so American. Carrie, Mike, and Julie protested in front of the Kasem home, having not been allowed contact with their father for three months. Some of Kasem's longtime friends and colleagues, along with his brother, Mooner, Mauner. Okay, that's not an all-American name. <laughs> he M- needs like a... <laughs> M-O-U-N-E-R. Yeah, yeah he needs an American needs- name like Casey. Oh, Money Mauner. Money Mauner. Uh, also joined the demonstration, which that's bad. I feel like if his brother does, and I do wonder. So he, he's probably already in the onsets of dementia at that point. So maybe he doesn't know what's going on. But if his brother is joining this, there's probably been some long-term animosity. Again, I just think like, what do you do? Like, what would you do? I mean, both of you are in relationships. If mm-hmm. all of their family was against you, I mean, that would be tough. But instead yeah, of trying so- to acclimate, you keep your partner away. Yeah. So what right? I heard was that Doesn't that seem weird? She, apparently she alienated everybody. Like she took, once he got sick, she, I mean, it was a slow process, but she really alienated him from his kids. She alienated him from his brother and everybody wanted to get back into his life. They knew he was ailing and she was like taking complete control of his health and wouldn't let them see him. And so they staged this, what Julie said, a peaceful protest outside the house. Um, the police were notified and everything, and they were like, okay, carry on. Um, peaceful protests and- are so interesting to me. Like, why yeah, get but- out of bed if it's going to be peaceful? But then like, I want some this- shit to go down. <laughs> if I'm going to protest. Seriously. But, like, I mean, it was peaceful. Some blood, then, some gore. Then, then the whole thing happened with her coming out of the house throwing meat. Wasn't that the same protest? Yeah. So we're going to get to that. Okay. So the older <laughs> children saw conservatorship uh, over their father's care. The court denied their petition. K 
Kaysen was removed from a Santa Monica, California nursing home by his wife on May 7, 2014. On May 12th, Carrie Kaysen was granted temporary conservatorship over her father despite her stepmother's objection. The court also ordered an investigation into Kaysen's whereabouts after his wife's attorney told the court that Kaysen wasn't in the U.S. And then he was found in Washington State. But maybe if she's anything like her character in Cheer, she did not know. Washington mm. State was part of the U.S. So Jean, as he, as Casey was ailing, this is what this is what Julie, the daughter, who sounded very lucid, and I, I believe said that she was now, you know, while Casey was really sick, and she was she was carrying on an affair, so she might not have known where Casey was. I'm I'm uh, I'm dead serious. I really this no. there's something you really loony about this Casey Kasem. Could you imagine <laughs> you accidentally put Casey Kasem somewhere and then you forget? Yeah, I think like he was, you know, Be a unfortunately. Good <laughs> right. Yeah, he was hopefully she would have written it down on a post-it note and like put it on her fridge. Uh, it was. What after- were you gonna? What were you gonna Sorry. say? No, I was gonna say she. I mean, he was like, you know, really declining, and she's off. See, I mean, she she has a boyfriend during this time. Um, Is and, that fact? So, I, mean, I feel like that's alleged. I I don't like. I peeked yeah, into well, several different uh, notes, and I didn't see that. Although it might not be in. But I feel what like I a lot of this it. isn't fact. It seems like, like Hearsay. Shira said up top that it's we're hearing two different yeah. sides of the oh, same no, this, story. Well, this is the um, interview that I heard with Julie, and she said it was like well known. Like she, she was seeing this. I mean, you know, her husband was out of it, so I guess already at this point she's feeling like I don't really have a husband, and she started seeing this guy while Casey's not, you know, lucid. Um, and yeah, maybe an allegation, but I, I, the, the daughter sounded very believable. I urge you to listen to that interview later because it was very, it was really good. And which podcast did you say that was on again? Um, on Heather McDonald, Juicy Scoop. So she interviewed, um, one of her latest episodes, she interviewed Julie Kasem and I thought she sounded very, you know, there was one daughter on the 48 hour podcast who I was like, not wild about, but Julie was like the more studious one, the more. Just she, she seemed very practical. Kind of nerdy. She, yeah, kind of nerdy. I'd be and the I Carrie be- Kasem. Caitlin would be the Julie. You'd be the Mike. Yeah. Adam. I have to say, sure. I like Ju- I like Julie a lot better because like she was less harsh on the forty eight hours, and that immediately made me say like I'm she gonna believe harsh, what yes. she's. Yeah, it was like she was less of an angry sounding person, so it was like easier to take what she was saying at face value. But sometimes passion gets you places. I mean, Carrie has been the most vocal. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's like a it's like a she said she said on the forty eight hours, but then like it was a much more rational interview with Heather. Do you know who Heather McDonald point. is, Adam? Um, the name sounds very familiar. So she's a comedian, and she uh, was in a bunch of like Chelsea Handler's uh, when she had Chelsea lately. Okay. She was on the panel a lot. Yeah. So when. Caitlin and I went to the second crime con in Nashville. Actually, Caitlin didn't go. I went with Jamie Rice from Murderish. And then we had the crime guys. We had Rich Slayton and John Chesky on our flight. And I'm such a nervous flyer that I had 8,000 wines on this five-hour flight. And I went from being so scared that turbulence was going to kill me to I thought it would be fun to send crazy messages to John and Rich on cocktail napkins and have our 70-year-old flight attendant deliver them. Sure. So 
Anywho, that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> one of them did go to Heather McDonald, who was also on our flight because she's doing a comedy show in Nashville. And when we got off the flight, Heather had had Jamie on before to talk about how she was a juror in a true co- crime um, uh, court case. And so when we got off, they were talking. And I, I think Heather's pretty popular, but it was so cute because John and Rich were just like, oh, who are you? Like, do you have a podcast? And it was very just oh, like yeah. podcasting 101. And then you met, I think you met um, Josh Mankiewicz that same night and you were hanging, all, all of you guys were hanging out with Josh Mankiewicz and Keith, um, what's his name? They were, I, I didn't, blanking? yeah, I didn't oh, okay. stay for that second night. They all went to Heather's comedy show the next night. Oh, okay. I tried to introduce you to Heather also. But anyway, Yeah, you I did. <laughs> I got blown off, but that's okay. <laughs> that's not, but it's not from your lack of trying, which I appreciate. Okay, so it was after this discovery and removal of Casey from Gene's friend's house in Washington and as shown on 48 Hours that Gene Kasem threw a package of raw ground beef at Carrie Kasem while reciting biblical verses. But then who hasn't ever done that? Same Gene, same. That kind of seals it for me. Did you watch? I sent you video clips. You can look it on YouTube. In terms of who's in the right or wrong here. What did you think when you saw that? She's obviously the crazy one. So that made her seem crazy. I mean, anyone throwing raw meat at people. Yeah. And she said like she had a one throwing the meat. Yeah. So she explained it. She said like she feels they're treating him like a piece of meat. So she was trying to metaphorically convey. No. You're treating my husband like a piece of meat. Why the Bible verses? That I thought was interesting. The the whole performance art aspect of it absolutely makes her an the actor crazy till the one. end yeah she's the like, crazy bravo, one. she is an actor so maybe that was a method acting thing that i just don't get <laughs> so on june 6 2014 Kasem was reported to be in critical but stable condition at a hospital in washington receiving antibiotics for bed sores uh i don't and i don't know a lot about um like medicine <laughs> nursing but no but but as somebody who will spend a total day hung over in bed watching tv only getting up to go to the bathroom and sometimes just letting it flow of course oh, gosh. yeah, yeah. We or get like putting you... on a diaper no yeah we get what no. you mean okay but good. i think bed sores as a result of like unfortunately those unfortunate hospital things that happen when you're like in a facility that's for too long and the facility is not are they supposed to like turn you like sometimes right yeah. Exactly. Neglect. I think like there was some neglect there. So there was so there was some neglect in her friend's house. Although they said he was fine. God, that's got, and that's what I think too. Like if your body physically can't do it, did his mind know what was going on? And did it know that like he was sore and like he needed to be moved around? I, I find I it think, all interesting. You know what I think it is? I think he was moved around so much he wasn't given the proper medical care. Had people not been fighting, and I kind of like, when I was watching the 48 Hours thing, I blamed both sides because I'm like, all the fighting led to him being moved around. Him being moved around and not being in the right places, he got bed sores. If he had been under the proper medical supervision in one facility the whole time, he would have done a lot better. Well, there also seems to be, and I'll go over it, but there seems to be some... Um, both sides say that they were told different things by their doctors as far as how to right. take care of them. So apparently he'd been bedridden for some time. A judge ordered separate visitation times for Kasem's wife and children. Uh, the judge ruled that Kasem had to be hydrated, fed, and medicated as a court-appointed lawyer reported on his health status. Isn't that crazy that you have to rule that? Yeah, that is. Yeah, because. Go ahead. I mean, that's a strange. I was just going to say that's a strangement to the max. I mean, that's your basics. That, yeah. I mean, it was. Well, Julie, of course, explained it as. Hydrate, feed, medicate. 
Yeah, and and Julie explained it as like, um, you know, Jean did not want those kids around, and so, um, you know, there were separate times um, for them to see their father and for her to be with him, and and I think that that really just messed up, like, because Julie, Julie is married to a doctor, and um, her husband, you know, her her husband used to like speak to K- Casey about his health, and Casey couldn't even consult with him because Jean pushed them away. So I think that like so, her pushing, from what I gathered, her pushing them away was like just so detrimental because he could have, you know, consulted with his son-in-law. Um, he could have been in one place. I mean, this is just. It just shows you how estranged right. there's a tug really... of war over this feeble old man who could not stick up for yeah. himself. So Gene claimed that he had been given no food, water, or medication the previous weekend. Carrie's lawyer stated that she had him removed from artificial food and water on the orders of a doctor and in accordance with the directive her father signed in 2007, saying he would not want to be kept alive if it would result in a mere biological existence devoid of cognitive function with no reasonable hope for normal functioning. Uh, the judge reversed his order the following Monday after it became known that Kasem's body was no longer responding to the artificial nutrition, allowing the mm-hmm. family to place Kasem on end-of-life measures over the objections of Jean. And well, again, I don't know why she w- would want to keep him alive if he's that far gone. Right. Unless she's like, like a trophy for some miracle. But No, she, I don't I mean, feel like she, it's that. Yeah, I think it's control. I think... Maybe that she's just put all of her identity into his identity. So if he's gone, she's gone. I don't know. Yeah. Was that, I mean, was there like dispute over how his estate was going to be split up? Was she? Yes. So that's a big yeah. thing. I think, you know, I think that she, she that was. As far as I, I know, it's that still that ongoing. Was, right. I think that that is still ongoing and it was never completely decided because they asked um, his children asked him to sign something when he was like losing a, a little and he wasn't as you know lucid um, and they and so I think like it there is a dispute about money and estate right now and property um, and I think that has a lot to do with it you know she was trying to control things to the end right I I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, it, it seems like it would have to be something like that to want to keep him alive in that state. You're kind of hoping he's going to come back, maybe because you're not quite secure in what might be in that will when he dies. I don't know. So right. I'm, I'm always skeptical when people want to keep someone alive in that state. Like I get it to some extent, but also like you're not you're not doing them any favors. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, so, think- I mean, is there any element to the fact like, oh, she's married to him for 35 years. She's holding on to him. She loves him. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, you know, when I, mean- I heard Julie's version and she, you know, the fact that she, whatever the alleged boyfriend, like it changed things. So, um, I, I went from thinking during the 40, 48 hours, like, you know, I, I didn't know what to think. I was sort of like, not sure that she was entirely batty. But then when I heard Heather's interview, I'm like, okay, Jean is was like a stepmother from hell who alienated the kids, alienated K- Casey's family, his brother, and in the end took so much control that she went out of her way to bury him in Oslo. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, yeah. On June 15th, 2014, which is four and a half years ago, Kasem died at St. Anthony's Hospital in Gig Harbor, Washington at the age of 82. The cause of death was reported as sepsis, which is poo-poo, caused by an ulcerated bed sore. <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> poo-poo? 
His body was handed over to Jean, who made funeral arrangements. Reportedly, Kasem wanted to be buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale. However, that was not to be. And Kasem's body would visit more places dead than I ever have alive. <laughs> By July, that 19... was batty. I mean, there's something really wrong with that woman when when that story came out. Because it's just like now he's dead. Well, just... plus it's in what condition is he? That you're transporting him all over the place. Like, is he just packed with, like, dry ice on top yeah. of him? If he's like not cremated, your body starts deteriorating rapidly. Maybe he's vacuum sealed? I think they said something about putting him... Could be. I, don't, I don't know about dry ice, but when you said that, it reminded me of something was said. Not a joke. I Rodney Dangerfield. Really... I think his wife preserved him on ice. Really? Yeah, was- that's what I heard is Rodney Dangerfield. And if anybody out there knows, uh, my mom was telling me the story at Thanksgiving as we like to get into stuff like this sure. over over food. Um, but she was like, yeah, I heard Rodney Dangerfield's wife years ago, obviously, when he died, put him on ice in the hopes that in the future they'd be able to take, I guess, some of his cells and bring him back. I wish the technology to verify this story right now on the spot existed. I mean, you could well- look. <laughs> What? Should we no, I don't know. On? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we should just move on. We're never going to figure out this mystery. <laughs> no, I re- but I do remember they said something in the forty-eight hours about him technology being put on stumped. ice. Um, I think they said something not not like seriously about him being put on ice before they transported him. So that's so um, weird. Like, why move his body around like that? Again, I think it's more of a power play. Yeah, yeah it exactly. must be. By July 19th, the judge had granted Carrie Kasem a temporary restraining order to prevent Gene from cremating the body um, in order to allow an autopsy to be performed. However, when Carrie went to give a copy of the order to the funeral home, she was informed that the body had been moved at the direction of Gene. Kasem's wife had the body moved to her funeral home in Montreal, Canada on July 14th, which is, by the way, I believe one month after he Passed, right. And then right. another month on August 14th, it was reported in the Norwegian newspaper that Kaysen was going to be buried in Oslo. Uh, Kaysen's wife had him interred at Oslo Western Civil Cemetery on December 16th. Again, more and more months. Uh, in November 2015, three of Kasem's children and his brother sued his widow for wrongful death, uh, and the lawsuit charges Jean with elder abuse and inflicting d- emotional distress on the children by restricting access before his death. That's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. It was, and if you saw in the 48 hours, I mean, they showed – so there's one daughter that they had together named Liberty, um, and you see Jean and Liberty visiting his burial site. I guess, like, the other ones have not been there because out in Oslo. Um, or I don't know if they have been, but um, Liberty is the most – it's just dressed in such a strange way. That kid cannot – How feel old like, was she when her dad died? Do you know? Was she a teenager? I think a teenager. She is – I mean, she, she had, like, that goth look um, – did you, do you remember how she was dressed in the 48-hour thing? Yeah. I mean, the, I just feel in like... morning attire? Yeah. Um, there's just some... Like, that whole... That mother-daughter duo was weird. And what, what, what Julie said was that she tried to be close with her stepsister over the years and was always pushed away. Like, um, one of them had a wedding, and, um, and Jean said... Um, uh, Jean said to her own daughter... Um, no, they don't want you to be in the wedding because they think that you're too fat or something like that. Something awful. And then Julie wasn't able to say, this is not true. She's like, I hope people are, I hope Liberty's listening to the podcast now because I never said that. Um, and wow. like Jean did, yeah, Jean was very manipulative and said all these things over the years to, you know, like turn, you know, Liberty against her step siblings. 
So it just was a mess all around. And, you know, now I would like to interject that when I look on Wikipedia about Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, okay, uh, good, good. He said he was interred in the Westwood Village Memorial Park Cemetery in L.A. What does interred mean? Means he was buried. Mm, Boo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there goes my theory. I like thinking he was frozen. I don't think interred means kept on ice. I mean, we can... That you'll look up? What? I don't know. Yeah, I just remembered we do have the technology for it. That was a bit, Carrie, I was doing, (laughs) where I was pretending the internet didn't exist before. Uh, In a grave or tomb, typically within funeral rites. Could be in a tomb, though, in a frozen tomb. More like on funeral ice. Am I right? Yeah, no, you're right. Oh. Am I right? R-I-T-E? You just—I mean, honestly, the whole thing just reminded me that Rodney Dangerfield is dead because I hadn't thought about that in a while. So thank you for reminding me that he died because I um I like honestly didn't like I've watched Rodney Dangerfield things. He was still alive in my mind until this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't remember him dying either. I mean, he's obvious. I don't dispute it. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he is. It's terrible when I'm like, oh, now I'm realizing Rodney Dangerfield's dead. I mean, I know I rem- I do remember him dying a while ago, but you just reinforced that fact. Yeah. So, maybe he came back. Possible. Maybe, maybe they put frozen. him on the ice and he came back. <laughs> uh, so do you have any Carrie uh, left to go to the bathroom? I'm not supposed to tell people that, but I'll probably leave it in okay. when I do the edit. <laughs> Anyway, uh, do you have any? Fi- we're we're getting close to the end. Do you have any final thoughts on the Casey, the the death of Casey Kasem? I'm sure you have lots and lots of thoughts. So but- my final thoughts is I think that this woman had Jean. I mean, this is my personal. I really hope that she doesn't come out and like sue me for saying this because she sounds very litigious and, and crazy. But I think there's just some psychological disorder with her where she um really became very protective over this man she was married to and pushed people away i heard she was very like nasty to the ex-wife who was actually a very who got along well with casey's family had an amicable divorce with casey um and it just really sounds like gene is the one that was a control freak pushed people away and um you know now they're they're in these legal battles over the estate and money and and everything else, and wrongful death suit. Um, that's why, you asked in the beginning why this came up now. And it's because um, Jean, I think, first sued them for wrongful death, you know, cause they, cause they, because they because of all the moving facilities. Sure. And then they countersued. And that's why it's coming up now, because there's that suit and the countersuit. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you. It seems like, Like, we're obviously getting two sides of story, but it seems like Jean is probably the issue here. She She does seem to be wacky. It it seems like uh, she's a crazy person. Like, the the ground, throwing raw hamburger and reciting Bible verses, there's no, I can't think of a situation at all in life where I would go, yeah, that's what I would do too. Like right. there's not. I mean, she had great justification for it. She was like, "I feel like they're treating him like a piece of meat." So I was gonna, make, you know, so like, is yeah. that justified? Yeah, that's not. Like, <laughs> I know she's like mad. that cow died for that demonstration, <laughs> right? People exactly. Well, and oh, and also he was a wasn't he a vegetarian or whatever? He was oh, a yeah. vegan. vegan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why'd she yeah, even have the, why'd she even have that ground beef in the house? Yeah, seriously, that's not you know honoring her first husband. bed sores, second ground beef. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Jean was the problem. Jean was the problem. She needs to... Uh, she needs a reality show. 
I wish his body could be Oh, moved. that's another thing I have to bring up. Uh-oh. She apparently was caught by TMZ. They brought this up on the Heather McDonald podcast. They caught her. TMZ caught her out, and they're like, how are you doing, Gene? I heard your husband's like really, really not doing well when he was sick. And she's like, I just interviewed to be on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> I swear, you can go for That would be my afterwards. wet dream. What if that's go. why she was trying to keep him alive? <laughs> so she could still be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And then he can go when she's on. <laughs> oh, no, they can. They don't have to be married to be Real Housewives. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> I wonder, no, and I seriously. say this is, okay, so I watched one of those E! True Hollywood stories about New Kids on the Block years ago and it was after they had stopped touring so they were like the biggest name for such a long time for however many years and then all of a sudden they were like retired and it was jonathan who's wasn't even like anybody's favorite really uh but he talked about how he had like a farmhouse in like indiana or whatever and he goes there were days where i couldn't get out of bed i was so depressed because i didn't know what to do when the adoration stopped Right. So I do wonder if there's right. a part of that where it's like, God, I'm getting older. And if he dies, like that is part of my identity. Plus, it means we're older. Plus, you know, will I be important without him? Yeah, it's not. I, I understand. Like, I get that she might have motivations that are understandable. Yeah. But like. No, I think she was just crazy, truthfully. I really think there was a pathology. I mean, I hate to chalk it up to that. But the pathology, you know, even, you know, and Julie said in the interview that like, when they were kids, they started noticing weird things where, like, she would just constantly, you know, complain about how their mother was getting alimony or child support or whatever it was. It's child support, I guess, at that point. Um, and, you know, and she would complain about the money and make a big deal about everything. And it was, like, successively over the years, one thing after she started off innocuous enough. And I mean, she became, had a great life. She He bought some, I think, uh Somebody famous's house. I didn't recognize the name. I don't know if he uh, was somebody who did architecture or whatever, but it was like a mansion. It's like, what more do you want? And honestly, if he didn't, like if he did pick her over the kids, like kind of fuck him. And I say that as a child of divorce. Maybe that's not the way I should end this podcast with fuck Casey Kasem. But if he did choose his wife over his kids, I will say as a child of divorce, like it's hurtful and it sucks. Yeah, I don't think no. I think he was like too. His mind had de- degenerated too much at the point where he needed to really fight. You know, to like fight. That's and not. Think, that's not just when he's older, though. That was something. It sounds like that had been in place. Like the battle had right. been brewing for years. Like it wasn't just when he was older. It just he had no mouthpiece anymore. Well, the kids did say that he was an amazing father to them, and that he always right. like helped them out, and and that he. But he did once say, as he was ailing, "Don't don't ever go up against Gene. Like just don't." get into it with like he was but a marry peacemaker her. <laughs> don't go up yeah. against her well maybe yeah, that like, wouldn't maybe in his mind that included getting divorced maybe he also yeah didn't oh, like go maybe he was scared it's way. just yeah. easier to keep her i think he was yeah. terrible no no i mean well what julie conveyed was that like they had had those conversations where she they're like dad why don't you just divorce her she's nuts and he was like you know what i've had a great life i'm just gonna keep doing my radio she thing my and causes with me and and I, he, I think he had, I think towards the end of the marriage it was a love from what I got from Heather's podcast there was no love at the end of that marriage and Jean and uh, Julie even encouraged That's, him to like those move are out. Goals for me, loveless, yeah, loveless at thirty years in. Right, she 
she encouraged like her him to move out and said like dad just come live with me you don't have to live with her anymore you know you can you have fun and he's just like I'm not gonna fight this I'm just gonna like I'm just I think he giving wasn't... up God what a yeah. sad end yeah did I mention that he used to eat rock candy when he was recording no but I drank was some a... chocolate milk <laughs> as we were recording <laughs> <laughs> yeah I read it that's a weird choice to eat while recording <laughs> to eat rock yeah, candy that is weird. yeah it's very very yeah, strange choice that. but it helped make his voice gravelly is why he did it oh was he just swallow- okay well apparently he didn't go to the <laughs> Casey Kasem <laughs> school of DJing Adam so take some notes please uh, and if we ever have any sort of um, podcast about uh, Ryan Seacrest we definitely will not be inviting you Shira so it was very nice having you on this only <laughs> podcast me and Shira are gonna start an anti <laughs> but by the Ryan way Seacrest now that I mentioned that thing of, now that I've said that um, she was stopped by TMZ and while he, this was while he was he was really ailing, and she was like, "Oh, I'm doing great. I just auditioned. I have to check out that clip because I'm like, I'm so dying of curiosity." Is she still now. with him? He's dead. Wait, no, what? no, no, dead. no. Her, the yeah. boyfriend. If she was having an affair, oh, like, the if he's gone, yeah. why wouldn't you move on yeah, to the next still, guy? She's still with him, according to Julie. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that is so, news to me. <laughs> yep. Well, you have two things to check out: the TMZ clip and the Heather interview. But yes, according to Julie, she was with him as Casey was ailing, and she is still with a guy today. Wow. Yeah. The ale- allegedly. I don't want to get sued. So she's the problem. Allegedly. She's yeah, seems like a common denominator. Yeah. yeah. That's sad. I mean, the minute I yeah, saw that. it is sad. But a sad end. This this is very shallow, but like the, the first pair of glasses she was wearing in that interview of 48 Hours, I was like, okay, this lady, there's something like kooky about her because those frames were just so kooky. And that was like my tip off that something wasn't right. We have talked um, more about her glasses than about anybody's <laughs> anything in any yeah. other episode. Yeah. They were a choice. That was the first indication. And then it just like, oh, there were so many other indications. So, and so many things to check out. She could be an aggressive vegan like Morrissey. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, so we should probably wrap it up. We're getting close to an hour. It is four o'clock in the morning. A where part Shira one is. of our Casey Kasem <laughs> tribute. Better right. now. You're going to stay on the line, Shira. For hours and out. No, we're wrapping this up. And then we're going to start part two. Don't let Carrie troll you. <laughs> we are. We have reached the finish line. Uh, um, this was a fun episode. Thank you I so much. So. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. What do we have to... Thank you for including me. Of course. I really appreciate it. Uh, Tell people where they can find you and your stuff online and in the world one more time. Okay, so I write at shirasgotthescoop.com. I also have an archive, um, my old archive on the Huffington Post when I was contributing. So if you Google Shira Weiss Huffington Post, that will come up. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Shira Weiss, and on Instagram, Shira's Got the Scoop. Very nice. Uh, yep. What else do we have to plug before we get out of here? Um, pa- I... Patreon.com slash pops. $5 a month. <laughs> also just elected myself the president of the Ryan Seacrest fan club, so if you would oh, like wow. to just direct message me. Like, Apparently I will Martin. be kicked out if I even try to join, so I will not. I I've already bother. blocked you on all social media. <laughs> uh, when is this airing? Uh, this is airing next week. So we have a show at the end of the month. We have a show December 29th at the Hollywood Hotel, 9 p.m. It's free. I think it's just going to be a big-ass comedy show with a bunch of Unpops hosts and personalities. Wait, who will be there? Well, so far, 
Caitlin will be there, hopefully okay. speaking this time, unlike tonight. Uh, that will be a long 10-minute set if she right. does not. Carrie will be there. Yes. I'll be there. Quincy Johnson the second. Yep. Will be there. Matt Lieb will okay. be there. Uh, Francesca Fiorentini mm-hmm. from uh, AJ Plus and Newsbroke and things of the like. Anna Valenzuela. And I think Chet Wild might be there. <sighs> Can we just roast each other? Oh, that's not a bad idea. I'm going to write jokes just in case it happens. Sounds like so much fun. I feel like I should fly in because I need that LA. I need. I just need the vacation. On, please please you know, do come, come out. out. Yeah, it'll be fine. I you really, sleep I on really my couch. need to get away. So maybe I, I, maybe I can plan it accordingly because I need to get to your coast already. You're invited whenever you want to come out. Come do it. It'll be nice. It'll be nice in California. I mean, nice-ish. Nicer than where I'll you are. I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah, 670. I'm way overdue to come to California. Just so real, I will definitely let you guys know. Real quick, Shira, have you ever heard of comedian Chet Wild? <laughs> You're safe um, to just I, say I'm no. really embarrassed. No. Um, no, but you know No, what? if my you sister... like dad jokes, he is your guy. <laughs> I have to tell you, my sister probably He's has. a dad she jokes comedian. Every comedian under the sun. If so, you look um, up dad jokes in a dictionary, which he probably still has physical dictionaries, he is mm-hmm. in there. I'm I'm betting my sister knows who he is because she nope. for some reason knows every comedian. <laughs> nope. You would uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> but I will say if I do, I will lay this to rest and I okay. will no longer hate Chet Wild if we can roast each other. <laughs> if we can Yeah. Yeah, we should I'll get it out of my system and I'll move on. Yeah, we'll do a roast of someone that night. Okay. Well, I appreciate yeah, you guys including fun. me when I'm not a I'm totally not a comedian, but I really, I loved, you know, kibitzing. Your commentary you about and... Casey Kasem, I thought, was yeah. hilarious. You were really great. Yeah. And we hope you'll uh, do the show again sometime. Yeah, maybe I should explore a comedy uh, career. That's another another uh, possible Personal choice. trainer, <laughs> comedian, yeah. contributor. The world is yours. <laughs> yep. Exactly. All right. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. Goodbye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you just have a stroke. <laughs> Are you okay? Why? You just seem so tired. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm fine. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Or were you over it? Were you over me? Oh, no. I just, we didn't, we're still recording. We didn't do the regular. <laughs> I just didn't want to make her do the part where I go, Shira, say goodbye. Goodbye. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. I didn't have a stroke. <laughs> Thank you.